Welcome to CII Radio. In this episode, we're talking to Neil Beresford, partner at Clyde & Co London, about environmental liability. In recent years, we've seen a growing trend of environmental product liability litigation. Many actions have been brought directly against manufacturers who have introduced potentially harmful products that are alleged to have caused pollution. With plastic use around the world on the rise, and its disposal becoming an issue of growing global concern, are plastics producers likely to join the firing line? In this episode, Neil Beresford of Clyde & Co London joins us to discuss the implications of the growing body of litigation against companies whose products are alleged to have caused pollution and the implications for insurers. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here is our conversation with Neil Beresford. Hello, Neil, and welcome to CII Radio. Morning. Thank you very much for joining us today. Okay, so plastic waste has been hugely under the spotlight for some time now. Experts, including David Attenborough, are warning about the build-up of plastic waste in the world's oceans, but no one owns the sea as such. So how might litigation come about to manage the waste issue? Marine pollution claims are are complicated because no one owns the sea. And they're like atmospheric pollution claims. Uh, the contamination of the atmosphere is not uh, damage to property. The contamination of the sea is not damage to property. Right, okay. Um, but the coastline is property uh, and fish stocks are property. And there are many businesses that depend on the marine environment. So marine pollution claims usually uh, find their origin at the coasts. And we should stress we haven't yet seen any cases brought against plastics manufacturers. But there is a growing awareness uh, in the media, pressure groups, uh, and uh, around the question of animal welfare. And companies are now beginning to disclose the amount of plastic that they put into the stream of commerce. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a report published that shows that Coca-Cola uses 3 million tonnes a year of plastic. Wow, okay. Uh, Nestle is using 1.7 million tonnes of plastic. Uh, Unilever, 600,000 tonnes. These are substantial quantities. And uh, in view of the the increasing press and media attention uh, to to the consequences of plastic use, um, we believe that plastics might fall into this growing trend of environmental liability, uh, particularly environmental product liability litigation. And the groundwork is there. Uh, There are already cases being brought uh, in the field of climate change, for example, where pressure groups are sponsoring cases uh, against the oil industry uh, for having caused climate change. And the plaintiffs in those litigations are coastal municipalities, businesses, the fishing industry, all of those entities who might also be persuaded to bring claims against plastics manufacturers uh, for the con- uh, for, for the uh, problem of, of coastal contamination. So we think that the, the raw materials are in place, that the legal groundwork has been laid. The complicating factor in marine pollution claims involving plastic will be the causal chain. Uh, the allegations against the plastics industry will be that they have caused these materials to be put into the stream of commerce. But then it's, it's a very complicated causal analysis as to how those products find their way into coastal communities and how they affect businesses. 
Okay, so it's not as straightforward as um, the company that created these plastics is to blame at all. It's very complicated. And if you think about the climate change cases, for, for example, the causal chain that's being alleged in climate change uh, is that the oil industry put these products into the stream of commerce. They knew about their potentially harmful properties. They lied about them. And then consumers uh, burned the, 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 the fossil fuels without an awareness say, of what yeah. they were doing. Now, in plastics, that's slightly more complicated because plastics only find their way into the marine environment by being misused by the consumer. Of course, yeah. Uh, and therefore, the causal chain in plastics cases has got an additional link, which is the, the wanton misuse by the consumer. But it's not impossible that these claims will be made. Yes. Uh, and it's not impossible that those causal difficulties will be overcome. Okay. How about um, the issue of plastics harming marine life? Um, obviously, the, the, the images of sea animals being harmed by plastics are kind of all over the internet and the news. Is there a prospect of litigation um, if plastics are eaten by fish or for, were to kind of enter the, the, the human food chain at all? Yeah, the marine life claims are, are very interesting. As with the sea, marine animals are not property. Uh, so pressure groups don't have direct causes of action in respect of marine animals. There is, of course, the prospect of, of administrative action uh, where welfare groups could bring claims against government to force uh, greater action on plastics use. But I think the, the greatest prospect of civil litigation from damage to marine life comes from the fishing industry. Okay, yeah. Uh, and there is already precedent uh, for this type of case in the climate change context. At late last year, uh, an action was commenced by uh, the Pacific Fishermen's Seamen's uh, Association uh, in respect of crabs off the uh, Pacific coast of California. Okay, yeah. And uh, the allegation there is that climate change has caused the sea level uh, to rise, of course, the temperature of the sea to rise. And uh, as a result of that, there's a greater preponderance of algal bloom. And the algal bloom poisons the crabs. Uh, the crabs are not fit for sale, and therefore there's a loss of income. So uh, that is a direct precedent by the fishing industry against the oil industry uh, for allegedly poisoning their fish stocks. And similar claims could well be advanced in respect of uh, damage to fishing stocks if those fishing stocks are alleged to have ingested plastics. Yes, yeah. So there, we, we do see a potential for fishermen's organisations and associations to make claims for damage to marine life. Uh, those claims would begin to occur if uh, certain parts of, of the marine environment became unusable and if certain species of fish became unusable uh, because of plastic consumption. Plastics are so prevalent in the environment and, and our everyday use, of, of course. Are there risks to consumers in terms of water supply or kind of packaged food that might end up in that kind of litigation? Well, again, decomposition uh, from landfill has, has given rise to some very large claims in recent years. Um, and plastic decomposition gives rise both to greenhouse gases uh, and to the risk of harmful leachates. I say, yeah. Uh, including, for example, MTBE. Uh, now, MTBE has been the subject of huge litigation against the oil industry and continues to be the subject of huge litigation against the oil industry What is in the uh, US. MTBE, for anyone that might uh, not know? MTBE is a fuel additive. I see. Which is alleged to have contaminated the environment. Right, okay. 
there are other substances uh, which are, are in a similar position. There's a lot of attention at the moment on chemicals called PFOS and PFOA, which are used in uh, firefighting foams, which are used in the production of uh, PTFE, the non-stick substance. And um, a number of claims have been brought by municipalities uh, against the manufacturers of those products for causing contamination to the water supply. Now, the P PFOS, PFOA claims uh, are still waiting for the US EPA to set a threshold level of how much uh, PFOS, PFOA is permissible in the water supply. Okay. But that level is likely to be in the parts per billion uh, or even parts per trillion. And uh, these are very pervasive chemicals uh, which... If, if detected in the water supply, uh, can result in multi-billion dollar claims wow. to clean up the environment. So leachate claims are big business, particularly in the United States. Right. But not only in the United States. There are two claims going on at the moment in Germany uh, over PFOS use uh, at airports. There are claims going on in Australia. And if attention does turn to the problem of leachate uh, and runoff from plastics in landfill, uh, then again, very similar legal theories could be brought to bear uh, against the manufacturers and users of those plastics for having caused them to enter into the stream of commerce. Well, wow, so there really is, um, there's a kind of a great number of kind of chemicals and materials that are, are used every day, but now could have potential for, for claims if they end up being proven to be, be, be dangerous. Yes, uh, and, and chemicals that, whose use goes back hundreds of years. Ah, right, um, yeah. One of those that we see a lot of in the UK is a product called cement, uh, cement kiln ash. Uh, which comes from the manufacture of cement. And uh, there are hundreds of sites across the UK where cement was manufactured. Uh, the ash was buried in the ground. Now that's known to cause a harmful leachate. So the problem of uh, huge quantities of plastic being stored in landfill uh, is one that, that could cause very significant litigation in future. Wow. Okay. Um, so what does all this potential litigation mean for the um, insurance industry or, or insurers um, in the sector? Well, I think for the insurance industry, this is another example of environmental product liability, where consumer groups, where pressure groups and affected individuals begin to bring claims not against the direct polluters, but against the manufacturers of those products, which are the underlying source of the pollution. So we're seeing claims against the oil industry for causing climate change. We're seeing claims against the manufacturers of PFOS, PFOA, against the manufacturers of MTBE. And for the insurance industry, the, the prospect of, of silent environmental liability is now quite a real one. And our advice to insurers is that they need to think about how they treat uh, environmental liability in the same way that they've had to think about how they treat cyber. Because environmental liability has the potential to impact the general liability covers, um, and most of the climate change cases have been notified to general liability insurers. It has the ability to affect DNO covers uh, if the directors uh, are held to account for making their businesses over reliant on plastics, uh, or for, for or directors are sued. Um, individually for their role in causing plastics to enter the stream of commerce. It has the potential to impact on professional indemnity covers. So this silent environmental liability has the potential to go across a wide range of different uh, insurances and insurers need to review the pollution exclusions in their policies 
they need to review the types of environmental cover that they're giving uh, and take a decision on, on where they want to ensure these risks and how they want to ensure these risks. Um, so uh, overall, I mean, environmental liabilities, it's fairly recent in terms of um, these cases, but it's something that is, in your eyes, going to grow and going to continue to be um, an increasing issue, really, for insurers, something they need to strongly consider. Very much so. Very much so. These, th- this wave of cases that we're seeing at the moment uh, is, is very much the tip of an iceberg. Uh, there are a lot of pressure groups out there whose, whose stated aim is to increase the amount of litigation and to bring about uh, change through civil litigation. And those sectors which are primarily at risk uh, are the oil and gas sector, the chemical sector, and if we move into plastics, we're looking at the food and drink and the retail sector Yes, for yeah. causing these products to enter the stream of commerce. Wow, so it's very much um, uh, an issue that can have a great deal of impact. I think it will have a very great deal of impact over the next five to ten years. Amazing. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Neil. Um, That's really helpful. Is there anywhere we can kind of direct our listeners to to find out a little bit more about this? Uh, Yes, there's a lot of information on the Clyde & Co website about environmental liability uh, and environmental product liability in particular. So uh, I'd recommend you go there and uh, there's plenty to read. Uh, Thank you, Neil Beresford, for joining us today on CII Radio. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. To find out more and to subscribe, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Thanks very much and goodbye.